Have you been singing forever, taking lessons and everything, and your singing is just kind of meh? You know you need to improve, but you have no idea where to start. This episode is for you. Stick around for some key actionable steps that will change your singing forever. Welcome to the Monique on the Mic podcast. I'm your host, Monique B. Thomas. And in this podcast, we look at all things relating to artist development, specifically for singers. This is episode number eight, and I want to get into what I call transforming your singing. There are things that you could be doing right now that would greatly transform your singing so that it would be literally unrecognizable. Now, this is something that's really dear to my heart because I have dedicated my life to singing, but I've also dedicated my life to the teaching of singing. And I believe that, you know, if we can be empowered to do things on our own, well, then we're more likely to do them. You know, if we can limit the amount of steps between us and where we're trying to get to, it makes it a bit easier. Now, I'm not trying to say we don't need help because, you know, on a lot of things we do need help, but there are definitely things that if we become aware of them, then we can take it things into our own hands and get it done. Now, I'm going to make a few assumptions here. I'd like to assume that singers know they need to take voice lessons in order to get their voice to function properly. Well, at least singers who want to have a professional career, okay? So you know that you have to take voice lessons to get the voice to work. You also know that you need to sing in tune because if you don't sing in tune, nobody's going to want to listen to you. And voice lessons should help with that as well. We also know that we have to have some sort of sense of style. I mean, it's got to it's got to have some sort of pizzazz or some zest to it. It's got to make people want to listen to you. You've got to be engaging and captivating, right? But I think what we don't know as individuals is how to greatly improve the songs we sing. That's what today's episode is all about, transforming your singing using the three essential elements of song. Here are the three elements, notes, words, and rhythm. Let's talk about notes for a second here. So notes are simply the pitches you actually sing on. And so included in the note would be the intonation. Are you in tune or not? So that's one thing. Then the next thing would be the quality of that sound. Or your tone. So is your quality muddy? Is it bright? Is it strident? Is it shaky? Uh, Is it luscious? Some of that quality comes from the natural quality of your instrument, but most of it comes from your vocal technique. And the intonation is tied to that. Another part of that note would be vibrato. So the ability to have a vibrato on a note is actually an extremely important part of your vocal technique because it lets us know that there's some form of balance going on in your voice. And just to make things easy for today, I'm going to say that it's ease of production. Not having a vibrato available lets us know that you still have a lot more work to do vocally. And this is regardless of the fact if you're going to use it or not in your song, you should have a vibrato available. It's sort of a way to understand if there's any sort of freedom in your instrument. These things are all tied to your vocal technique. And so that means that you should be spending a considerable amount of time developing them. In other words, this is the sound that we're going to hear. It's the base of what we're going to hear. um, And it helps people decide whether they like listening to you or not. So in other words, if you're out of tune, 
that's going to really mar your performance. Even if the other elements that we're going to talk about are in place, if your intonation is off, it's probably synonymous with eating a meal that mostly tastes good but has a strange aftertaste. That strange aftertaste after several bites of food is going to make you want to stop eating. And we never want anybody to stop eating or stop listening to what we're putting out there. So it's worth it to say that spending a great amount of time on vocal technique, which has the biggest effect on the quality of the notes you sing, means that it's worth it to really take that time. And in fact, it's not something we can or should skip over. Even if, even if you're born with a great instrument and naturally you have a beautiful voice, you may only have a beautiful voice in a small part of your range. You might not have freedom and control over that. And so that's why we take voice lessons. So the next thing on my list is words. Words are mainly vowels. In fact, instead of words, I can say vowels because you cannot sing a note without a vowel. Even if you have your mouth closed when you're making a note, your tongue, which is a vowel maker, is always in a position and is always making a vowel. So you can't separate the two. So then it's easy to understand that the quality of the vowel you make also determines the quality of the note that you're making. So that means we have to get good at making vowels, right? Now, consonants are in there to help us with the intelligibility. So this combination of vowels and consonants using our articulators, this has to be a fluid movement. So our tongue has to be very agile and fluid in its movements, right? But once we have this sort of fluid movement, then it has to become expressive, sort of a personal expression. In other words, if you listen to certain singers, the way they hang on to words, the way they pronounce certain words, it lets those words stand out. It's almost like the words jump off the page and into your ear. Singers like Barbara Streisand or uh, Sarah Vaughan, when you hear them say a word, they make you ponder that word because they've hung on it for a reason, and that reason becomes evidently clear. It also happens that those two people have very good notes or tone, if you will. So remember that words are tied to notes, and the quality of both leads to a more quality expression. Just one more thing as it pertains to words. So I talked about how fluid the tongue has to move and make these movements to make the vowels, which actually make the notes. We have to be able to do that with fluidity. Fluidity? Wow. We have to be able to do it really smoothly, but we also have to be able to do it fast because it leads to the third part of this equation, which is rhythm. And it rhythm happens to be the thing that most people um, sort of gloss over. So what exactly is rhythm? Well, rhythm is essentially duration. Duration of the note, which is duration of a vowel, right? Now, that, that just simply means how long something lasts and then the repeated patterns that we're going to use. What I find is that a lot of students sort of haphazardly start and end these rhythms. So the, the start off of the note is sort of 
kind of approximative. And then the end or cutoff is usually what I call a fade out or just sort of letting the breathing just sort of um, wither and die rather than making a deliberate cutoff. Now, that doesn't mean that it has to be abrupt, but it does have to be clear and clean. And so when you listen to most singers, you can tell that they've spent little or no time developing their sense of time. See, there's one thing to be under to be able to understand this is a quarter note or this is an eighth note, and even if you don't know what to call it, being able to execute it properly is one thing. But being able to execute it with excellence is a totally different thing. I like to think of rhythm as, uh, let's say, stitching in clothing. You know, the stitching on clothing lets you know the quality of the clothing. If the stitching is cheap, you can tell because you'll see like double stitches and in some places it's uneven and some places the stitching is slightly coming out. But when you have quality clothing, the stitching is absolutely perfect. There's nothing out of place. Everything is exactly where it's supposed to be. It's very deliberate. Even the color of the stitching was designed to go perfectly with the garment. So the stitching, like I said, is the quality of your rhythm. Now, here's something I find very peculiar. Most students will come in to the studio and say, oh, I'm really bad with rhythm. And then they'll just leave it at that, and they'll just keep going. And I'm like, all right, um, this is the elephant in the room, especially since it's one-third of that equation we talked about. Um, Are you planning to work on it? So... I can't see your hands, but let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, nobody's going to see you, but let's be honest. Have you spent time working on your rhythm? Yeah, right. Okay. So most singers don't do this. And it's like somehow you expect the stitching to be good, but you haven't spent time practicing it. So let's be honest with ourselves and just decide we're going to do things differently from now on. This means we need to start doing rhythm exercises or at least start to practice songs that include rhythms that are challenging for us. So maybe you haven't played another instrument or learned another instrument, and maybe you haven't gone to school to learn how to read and execute rhythms. That's okay. That's okay for now. But what you could do is take some songs that maybe seem slightly challenging to you and work them rhythmically. So what would this look like? Let's say um, you take a phrase, and rather than singing the notes, because remember the notes are going to include the pitch, which includes intonation, which also includes the vowel, we're just going to sing it in what we call a prosody style. So I like to call it kind of in a rap style or spoken, um, an excited spoken style. That takes one part of the equation away so that you can focus only really on the rhythm. So let me give you an example. Let's take um, Shaka Khan's song, Ain't Nobody. Now, you might not know this about Shaka Khan, but she was a drummer. She played the drums. And it makes total sense when you see how she goes about singing because she's a highly rhythmic singer, right? So very rhythmical singer. So you've got this song, Captured Effortlessly. That's the way it was. Happened so naturally. I didn't know it was love. 
What's interesting about that phrase is the rhythm of it. So if you sing the right notes, it's in tune, but the rhythm is kind of meh. Well, it ain't going to sound right, and it's certainly not going to sound like shaka. So what might be a good idea to do is, again, take the notes off and just do it as a rap exercise. So Captured effortlessly, that's the way it was. Happened so naturally, I did not know it was love, right? Now, if I do that same thing and I let the rhythm just sort of get a little loose, captured effortlessly, that's the way it was, happened so naturally, I didn't, I know it was love. It just, it just doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It sounds boring. So let's go back to the other version again. Captured effortlessly, that's the way it was, happened so naturally, I didn't, I know it was love. The end result is that, A, you want to dance, which makes sense because this is a dance tune, so it makes you want to dance, or at least it should make you want to dance. And B, the words stick out. Captured effortlessly, that's the way it was. We get a sense of how fast and easy it was for her to fall in love. See, don't forget we're telling a story And the way we articulate a story, so not just articulate talking about consonants and all of that, but the accents that we put on words matter. And part of those accents are built into the rhythm, especially if the song is well written. So now that we've looked at all three elements, I'd like to look at all of this from a different angle. On the one hand, we have notes and words, which are directly tied to vocal technique. And on the other hand, we have rhythms, which are tied to musicianship. So depending on your particular musical background, you may have spent more time on vocal technique, or you may have spent more time on musicianship skills. It really doesn't matter which side you are more heavy on. What really matters is that you balance the scales. So if you've spent a lot of time developing musicianship skills, you know, such as reading, writing music, understanding theory, maybe even playing an instrument, um, that's great. You can use that to help with your singing, Um, but then you're still going to need the vocal technique. If you spent a large amount of time on vocal technique, that's fabulous, but you're still going to need to spend some time on the musicianship skills. And I'm I'm putting it this way so that you can have a better idea of what you might be lacking currently. See, this is my thought, is that if you're aware of it, then you're in a better place to fix it. I think the real takeaway is that if you fix these elements in one song, you're actually learning hard skills. So that means that you're going to be improving these skills in other songs. So rather than just working on songs, you work on skills, and then these skills transfer to other songs that you learn. And on the other hand, ignoring these three elements is the best way to make sure that you stay an amateur. Who wants to be mediocre? Not me. Certainly not you. All right. Well, that's enough for today. I hope you've enjoyed today's topic. And if you're looking for other topics, I would absolutely love for you to write to me. You can join me at info at moniquebthomas.com and send me your questions or comments or things you'd like for me to talk about in this podcast because I'd like this podcast to be for you. So there you go. Have a wonderful day and make sure you work on these three elements. Musically, Monique.